Hello, everyone, and welcome on into the Betting Pros College Football Look Ahead Line Show for Week Four. I'm Thomas Viola, and joining me, as always, to give his thoughts and analysis on which way the market is going to move on this week's college football action, Thor Nystrom. Thor, how are you doing today? Well, Thomas, my alma mater, my undergrad alma mater, Kansas is undefeated. Your alma mater, Syracuse, is undefeated. So it's it's a great Sunday. It is fantastic. We are going to hopefully keep this up all the way to a national championship because I feel great about my chances in a Syracuse-Kansas natty matchup. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe they can, they're can. they on pace to get there right now, so we'll have to see how it goes the rest of the season. But it started off really good, and both those teams are favored by more than a touchdown this coming weekend to go to 4-0, and so kind of wild times we're living in. That's very true, and let's talk about those games right off the bat here because you guys are just going to have to deal with this on this show. First game we will start off with here, Virginia and Syracuse. Virginia not going to be favored in this one by any stretch. 11 and a half points here. Uh, our Syracuse in the dome. What do you think this game should be? Well, the the line when it opened was Syracuse minus eight and a half, and I think it, as long as it's under double digits, I think it's an enormous steal on Syracuse. Um, right now, it's gone to nine. So there is some money that's coming in on Syracuse right away, but in my opinion, not enough. My adjusted line, like you said, is 11 and a half on this game. And I think you could argue that that's too low because, you know, like my system – Half the result, you know, it's, it's comprised of about half last season's results at this point, right? And like half of what we've seen so far. Well, Virginia was way, way, way better last year than they are now. They, they've taken an enormous step down. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Syracuse has taken a quantifiable multiple steps up. But on the Virginia side, I'm just out on Virginia. You know, they had lost Bronco Mendenhall. Bronco Mendenhall had awesome coordinators. They left as well, of course, one of them is is on – actually, both of them are on your sidelines. I think Syracuse got both of them. But the, the big one was Robert and I, the, the offensive coordinator. Uh, Virginia, meanwhile, brought in Clemson's former offensive coordinator to take, take over their program, and it is not going well so far. Right after Hall had left, Virginia had lost – they had a couple offensive linemen who had graduated. The rest of their offensive line decided to transfer, the, the rest of the starters. So Virginia lost their entire starting offensive line – they have one of the worst offensive lines now in college football. Turn on one of the Virginia games. It's just like immediately after Armstrong gets the ball, there's people in the backfield. The running backs, the stats right now are crazy. Like the when they're being touched, you know, like in, in comparison to how far they've gotten upfield, they're averaging being touched behind the line of scrimmage, like every single play. Um, so Virginia has all sorts of problems. And Syracuse, it's been sort of the opposite. They have just sort of uh, swapped spots in the hierarchy of, of the ACC. This game being at Syracuse, I don't really understand why the line was only set in the single digits outside of just nodding back to, to last year. But like I said, even in my system where, where you have half the, you know, half its base on last year's results, I still have Syracuse favored by 11.5. I really like the orange in that one. I think they're going to win by double digits. I'm excited for it, too, especially because it is a primetime game, which means might get a couple alumni out here in Vegas together to watch it. And hopefully we get a nice, easy rocking chair here. We have that and Wagner before the schedule gets brutally tough with NC State, Clemson, 
Florida State, Pitt, and Notre Dame. Not in that order, but those are the next games coming up for the Cuse. But let's go over to your school, your alma mater, Kansas and Duke. It's a classic rivalry. And, hey, it's March in September anyway when you look at some of the teams like Indiana, UCLA, Kansas, Cuse. There are a couple others that are 3-0. and It's feeling like basketball season already. But in this one, Thor, Kansas, eight-point favorites over the Dukies here. Do you think that line's right around where it should be? I Yeah, th- this one a little bit closer because Duke is a better opponent. Duke, I, I think Duke is better than Virginia. Um, you know, we could you and I could argue Kansas against Syracuse and probably get more heated as, as the season goes on. But objectively, I think Duke has passed Virginia in, in, in the hierarchy a little bit more dangerous. But I, I still think there's probably some value on Kansas while this line is in the single digits. I would be surprised if there's buyback on on Duke like as we go forward in the week. This line had opened at eight. Live, it's toggled up to nine. And I think by kickoff, it's going to be 10 or more on on Kansas. Um, I I, I definitely think you could justify that the the Kansas bet for sure. It's really interesting that a team that has been this bad for, for however many years is favored by nine. But it's totally justified. Last week, Kansas was an underdog by nine at Houston. And you saw what they did to Houston the week before they were, uh, I believe, 13 and a half point underdog at West Virginia. Kansas won that game, too. They won back to back road games against quality opponents. They fight. Kansas finally gets to go back to Lawrence. This is a a pretty good spot, I I think, for Kansas to be able to get Duke. Duke, another one of those undefeated teams that we're talking about and and a basketball school as well. But I I think the run as an undefeated team is going to end on Saturday. Now let's shift over to some of these games with some of the big players in them before we get to your favorites of the week. Let's start off with your own rivals here. We got Kansas State going up against Oklahoma, and the Oklahomans, the Sooners, are 13-point favorites in this one. Is that enough points? I think it might be a little bit short based on on what we had seen uh, yesterday. Oklahoma wiped the floor with Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska – of course they've been off when they, they, you know, they fired Scott Frost they actually fired their defensive coordinator today as, as well. But Nebraska typically has kept it closer that that game, Oklahoma and Nebraska should have been even wider the, the margin of it. Oklahoma was scoring. It will when they had their starters in and they were running their system. And then in the second half, they brought in that bevel kid, the backup, the rest of their backups as well. And we're just handing it off, handing it off. Um, Kansas state did not look good last week. Um, that was Thomas, as you know, one of my favorite bets of last week was Tulane plus 14. The, Tulane goes into Manhattan and upsets Kansas State. My my problem with Kansas State beforehand was you still have a one dimensional offense. They thought that bringing in Adrian Martinez was going to give them maybe they would be able to be multi dimensional again, but it's really not. It's still the Deuce Vaughn show. Martinez can run around a little bit, but the, the accuracy has just never improved. So they're going to have to play one-handed against Oklahoma. That's never a good thing when you're playing a Brent Venables defense. Venables doesn't have that defense up to even near where it was at, at Clemson, of course. But the schemes and the machinations that he can do to a team that can only do one thing, those are always the teams that Clemson annihilated. So I, I don't love uh, Kansas State shot going into Oklahoma. I, I just don't think that they match up well. Uh, one of my best friends, as I'm sure I've mentioned on this show before, is a sports reporter in Tulsa, and he has a deep-seated hatred for Brent Venables now for how long he makes the 
reporters wait for his post-game press conferences. <laughs> he is ready to be out of there. But right now, we're ready to be on to our next game here. That is going to be Wisconsin. The Badgers take it on the Buckeyes here. Ohio State in the shoe. 17.5-point favorites. You think this line is pretty much spot on, though? I do. My, my adjusted line on this game is 17.3. It's it's one of those where, like, Vegas just plucked it right off of my, my sheet. Um, I, I think it's right on. I, I think this line, at least right now, you, you see what happens during the week and maybe what the market does, it gives you some val- value on one side or the other. But if that line remains at 17 and a half, I just don't think you can touch it. If if it's somehow, you know, you had, you had money on, on Wisconsin the other way and it goes down to 16 and a half, I think that's when you could consider an Ohio State bet. To consider uh, Wisconsin, that thing's going to have to probably get to 20 and I doubt it's going to go up by two and a half points, you know, the, the rest of the week. It, it's it's one that I'm staying away from for now, unless something crazy happens with the market. But th- this is probably going to be a stay away. How about Arkansas going up against Texas A&M? Is uh, A&M two and a half point favorites here at home in this one? Yeah, th- this is th- another one where my line is right on. My, my line on this game was uh, Texas A&M minus 2.2. Um, A&M is listed as the home team, but this is a, a neutral game being played in Jerry's world. Um, so you take that the home field advantage off of A&M, but this is where the line should be. Uh, Texas A&M minus three or three and a half. It would be too high, I, I think, objectively to open it. But you also can't really make it a pick em. So, I mean, Vegas is sort of in this, you know, the, the zone of allowing the market to do with this game what they want. Vegas isn't, isn't making a stake on this game by by setting it at three or three and a half or whatever. It, it's a stay away for me for now, um, just like the other one. If, if, if this line got up to, like, if I could get three and a half points with Arkansas, that, that, that's where it might start to get interesting. Four would be, that's when I would start to really think about buying a ticket. But at least around here, I'm, I'm not touching this game. Two more games with the big boys in the SEC right now. Missouri and Auburn. Auburn six and a half point favorites right now. Yeah, this is uh this is this is an interesting one. I, I I'm totally out on the Harson era at Auburn. I'm not out on Harson. I actually think Harson is a decent coach. But even when he, when he back when he got hired by Auburn, it was just sort of a head scratcher of you're taking this guy who's been on the West Coast his whole life, smaller schools. Now you're bringing him in to you know to the frying pan into the heat in the SEC on the other side of the country. It seemed like a very weird fit, uh, culture fit, I guess. And it has turned out to be even way worse than that. Uh, Auburn wants him out. I'm not sure that Harson, if he had his druthers would even want to stay there. Um, I'm sort of thinking about Harson as as a candidate to take one of these Pac-12 jobs. I'm sure we're going to talk about Arizona State firing Herm Edwards here in a bit, but Harson could be looked at for that, could potentially be looked at for the Colorado job when and if they they fire Carl Durrell. But this one, the the books are are definitely downgrading Auburn, and they're definitely anticipating that the market wants to bet against Auburn. My my line in this game is Auburn minus 9.4. It's Auburn minus six and a half points live. I, I think the reason that you you sort of get a value on Auburn is because of that. Auburn did not look good uh, this past week. Obviously, um, the Auburn fan base was furious at Harson for how little Tank Bigsby got the ball in that game. It, it wasn't just Auburn's effort. It was a very weird strategy by Auburn of like we're we're in this big we're in a big you know spot matchup game whatever against Penn State this this marquee non-con game and we're going to decide not to feed our best player the ball and instead put the game more in T.J. Finley's hands. 
we we know what TJ Finley is at this point. So it was it was really really weird. I, I do I want to bet on Auburn? No, but Missouri is another sell team for me. So you basically have two sell teams playing against each other. Um, Missouri this this past weekend, Luther Burden, their five star uh, receiver, the true freshman who's playing right away and everything, he had gotten injured in that game. But he did come back. So it seems like, you know, it re-entered the game. So it seems like his uh, availability will not be compromised for this game. Missouri definitely needs him against Auburn. Auburn still has that solid defense. Um, I, I would think about an Auburn bet as long as it's under seven. And if the, the money starts going the other way on a Missouri and it ticks beneath six, Auburn would be a bet for me for sure. If, if this line, though, gets to seven, seven and a half, it's going to be a pure stay away for me. Now, how about one more game here on the big boys list? We got Clemson and Wake Forest going at it. The Demon Deacons getting seven points at home right now. This isn't the Clemson team of old, but it's also not the Clemson team of last year that we saw get upset by NC State and a couple of other bad bad losses. Where do you rank this Clemson team for the year in terms of skill versus hype? And where do you rank them in this game? Yeah, I, I I do think they're a little bit better than last year, but unfortunately, it's not that big step four. It's pretty marginal because it's it's the same sort of thing. You have the nasty front seven on defense. You have a, you have a good secondary. That the offense you have interesting skill guys, uh, especially a running back. But the um, the offensive line, there's been some questions, and then you have the enormous questions at quarterback. It's it's the exact same thing. We want a double to go out and sign a, a transfer quarterback that could have competed with Uagalele. He didn't want to do that. Not only that, it seems like he is not interested in allowing Klubnik, that the hype uh, five-star true freshman they have, to to even have sort of a – he doesn't even want the fan base to think that Klubnik has a shot to, to eventually get that job. They're not even bringing Klubnik in when they're, they're boat racing FCS teams and in some of these blowouts. So they're going with Uagalele for the rest of the season. He is exactly what we saw the year before. But I, I still think this line, it's a little bit short. Um, for me, this line should be closer to Clemson minus 10. It did open up. It was like when it opened, it was like Clemson minus seven and a half or eight, something like that. Early money, like immediately. I, I'm talking on Sunday afternoon, right when it drops. It came in on Wake Forest very early. That's when it toggled back to seven. I would have to imagine, though, that the market is going to be buying on Clemson this week to get it closer to 10. I actually bought the ticket on Clemson when it got to seven. Uh, I, cause I, I think that's a, a pretty solid price for, for, for them right there. But if it gets up, you know, seven and a half or over that, it's starting to be a little bit less value. So if, if, you know, if you see this line at seven, whenever you hear this, I think you, you could, you could talk yourself into a Clemson bet for sure on, on the value. I'm not interested in Wake Forest at this line, you know, even with Hartman being back and stuff like that. Uh, they did not look good last week against Liberty and Thomas, as you know, I, I, I'm higher on Liberty than the market is. So I'm not going to say that that was an embarrassing performance by any means, but objectively Wake Forest is double digit points better than Liberty. So, I mean, they're, they're not playing great. I mean, at least initially with with Hartman, it's not the same team that we saw last year yet. Um, Are they magic? Is the the 2021 team magically going to show up against Clemson? Maybe, but Clemson's going to get Brian Brise back. I think, um, Brian Brees had one of the best defensive uh, tackles in America, maybe the best, and one of the best defenders in America. Um, he missed last week's game with a, a sad story. His his sister passed away, um, so he was away from the team. But you would have to think that he's going to be back this week. I, I do lean Clemson in this game if that line is at seven. 
the next one up here, Thor, as we switch into some of your uh, so some of your Thor's hammer plays here. We've got Florida International going up against Western Kentucky, and I would very much like to thank you. You made up for the Notre Dame call last week with Western Kentucky. You made me some money on that one and got me back to even. They are 26.5-point favorites in this game. Is that the right number, or do you think that there should be more points on the board here? Yeah, well, and, and we should have won both those bets. I'm going to have nightmares about the 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 reverse uh, fumble recovery for a touchdown at the end of the game with Notre Dame to, yeah. for, for the next couple of weeks. But, yeah, Western Kentucky was everything that I thought they would be against Indiana. We, we had talked about that game last week. Western Kentucky's passing offense going up against that Indiana secondary that hadn't been good so far. Western Kentucky controlled that game throughout, um, and they vastly outplayed Indiana. But Indiana pulled another game from out of their butts. You know, at the, the end of the game, they forced overtime, and then they were able to win in overtime through a, a variety of weird circumstances, just like they had done to Illinois before. Indiana is one of the most fr- – in fact, I'll just say it like this. Indiana is the most fraudulent team in the country. They're they're 3-0. and and there's this isn't just my opinion. Second order wins. They're at like 1.4 second order wins. Indiana is second order wins considers them to, to already have only through three games 1.6 wins of just luck, which through three games. I don't know if I've ever seen that before, but it, 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 anyway, Western Kentucky should have won that game. They, they performed just as good as we thought, which, you know, pointing back at this handicap, my my line on this game is, is Western Kentucky by 32.6 points. Um, you know, Western Kentucky's taking a small step backwards, for sure, losing Zappi, losing Stearns, but the receiving core is still awesome. And Austin Reed, the quarterback they brought in, the, the D2 player of the year last year, He's getting better. You you can see the progression each week. He didn't acclimate to the system quite as quick as Zappi did, but that makes sense. Zappi was playing for his offensive coordinator at the FCS school, Zach Kitley. He he had gone with, with Zappi from Houston Baptist to, to Western Kentucky. Now Zach Kitley's down at, at Texas Tech r- running that offense. And, of course, Zappi's in the NFL. But Reed is trying to, to learn a very similar system to what Zappi uh, ran because Western Kentucky just kept it installed, even with, with, with Kitley bouncing. I like Western Kentucky a lot in this game. I, I think this line is too short. It should have opened 28 or a little bit above. As long as you can get the Hilltoppers beneath 28, they're they're a value and a buy for sure. Uh, Florida International, I have in my power rankings as the worst team in all of America. 131 out of 131. They are quite bad. Uh, There's just a dearth of talent there. And then you had a new coaching staff taking over. I like Mike McIntyre, the the former Colorado coach, former uh, San Jose uh, State coach that had taken over there. But it's going to take him a couple of years, especially with how bad that roster had gotten at the end of the Butch, Butch Davis era. Just wasn't recruiting very well and seemed to be checked out and stuff like that. So, so you know, it's a hollowed-out roster. I like Western Kentucky to absolutely bolt race FIU on Saturday. Or on talk- yeah, Saturday, yeah. Now, you talked about Indiana being the most fraudulent team in the country. They're going up against the Bearcats, and they're getting 14 points to do it in Cincinnati I'm going to take a wild guess, and you're saying there should be more money on the Bearcats. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 1,000%. So, like, when today, you know, like, you wake up on Sunday, and I'm, like, running my numbers, you know, and stuff like that. I have my eye on this game the whole time because I knew that that uh, Indiana was going to get way too much credit. When it initially dropped, the circle line on this game was only, like, 
Cincinnati minus nine. And so then I was like refreshing my book, refreshing my book, because I, I wanted this line in the single digits so badly. But when it dropped on, on my book, it was 14. So, you know, my book was clearly waiting for the money to come in on the other books and for for those books to be the ones with the first exposure and then allow the Sharps to bat the thing around. The Sharps did the correct thing. They absolutely hammered Cincinnati. The the opening line was way too low, as expected, of course, because, again, Indiana's this fraudulent 3-0 team. Indiana should have one win, maybe two but but you know they should be like a one and two team, um, and and instead that they're three and zero. Cincinnati they almost were undefeated. You know like the looking at it the other way they arguably should have beaten Arkansas. They were very 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 close, um, and and you know it just didn't go their way at the end. But uh, Cincinnati I think is better than people think. People thought that they would fall way off after what they lost over the off season, but. Definitely took a step backwards, but I don't think as many steps as the market seems to believe. And Indiana is totally, totally fraudulent. My my line in this game is Cincinnati minus 19.6. I would absolutely bet it all the way up there. I I hell, I, I would have laid 20 points, I think, on Cincinnati if, if the books were gonna force me. I like I think that Cincinnati is absolutely going to stomp this fraudulent Indiana team. I mean, I'm right there with you on this Cincinnati team. Even even with the loss of some of their big talent going to the NFL last year, they're still up there, and I'm with you. I have no faith in Indiana. I think that they are incredibly fraudulent. They shouldn't have They shouldn't have come back to win that game against Western Kentucky in the first place. I, I almost cashed a money line ticket on that. Thank God I bet on th- – thank God I bet the spread instead. I talked myself out of it the last minute because I was going to be sitting there devastated. But let's move on here. Two massive schools going at it. Akron and Liberty. Liberty, 24 and a half point favorites in this game. I know you're already high on them. I think this is the uh, college football game day the week uh, game this week. Where are you going in it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, not much more of a marquee one than they had last week. And, and yet we couldn't get game day in Lawrence for undefeated Kansas against undefeated Duke. But I, I digress. I, I like Liberty in this one. I, you know, Thomas, I've been higher on Liberty than the market all season. And, and you know, a couple of weeks ago, they, they had the upset of um, – with the six as a six and a half point dog, I'm blanking on who they upset, but they oh UAB they they upset UAB and then and then you turn around and last week almost upset Wake Forest like I was talking about before. Very impressive uh, perform to almost pull off a, a second straight stunner. That one would have even been more stunning. Now you turn around, you get the Patsy coming to your place. I mean, th- this is good times for Liberty after the past couple of games they had. Akron, I believe, is bottom three in my power ratings. You are bullish on Joe Moorhead long-term for sure. You know, he was the uh, offensive coordinator at Penn State when they had Saquon Barkley and all those explosive offenses, you know, and then he's been, you know, Mississippi State head coach, and then he he went to Oregon, whatever. Um, But, like, you are bullish long-term, especially on his system. He's a very smart offensive play caller. They don't got it this year, though, especially with, like, DJ Irons, their quarterback had been compromised. Uh, We'll we'll have to check on his status leading up to this game. But um, you don't have – they have, like, two offensive playmakers, Irons being one of them, the receiver being another one, uh, Shockey Jack. But they're going to be outgunned in this matchup. Uh, Again, I'm showing about five points of line value on Liberty. Absolutely taking Liberty. In fact, I, I already have a Liberty ticket. Now, how about this one? Louisiana versus Louisiana Monroe again. The the Thor matchups, the games that you love, 
are not exactly the big time matchups, but there's a reason for that. They're the games that you have an edge in the market over because they're the ones that aren't going to be paid the most attention to. The market's going to be a little more efficient. And in this one, the Raging Cajuns, best name in college football, in my opinion, they are laying five and a half points on the road versus Monroe. Yeah, it's uh, well, it it sure is. And by the way, I think it's I think it's twelve, right? On uh, I, I think uh, Louisiana's favored by twelve in this one. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep, you're right. I was reading the spreadsheet <laughs> wrong. They're favored by twelve. Yeah. Now my line on this game is Louisiana minus seventeen and a half. So I am showing theoretically five five and a half points of line value on Louisiana. But I I, I do want to caution people on a, on a couple different things. Louisiana looked awful. Uh, over the weekend, they they had a really bad loss. Um, I'm I'm trying to remember who they were playing. Um, oh, they they got upset to Rice. Rice beat them by by uh, 12 points. I knew it was a really bad team. I was just blanking on who. But uh, in Louisiana, I mean, even outside of that, they have not looked great this year. They lost Billy Napier over the offseason. Billy Napier took some of his players with some of the you know the ones that he wanted took with them to Florida. So it wasn't just losing your coaching staff. They also lost some of their best players, a couple NFL kids, the the guard, etc. Um they're down the they have a new coaching staff, but of course they started way ahead of UL Monroe. I mean like you know Louisiana's been for the past several years was like the royalty of that conference whereas Louisiana Monroe has been at the bottom of it of course but but Louisiana Monroe is frisky this year. They they had swapped out their their coordinators, got better ones. Um, I, I I mean, relatively speaking, I liked what I had seen of them, like against Texas. You know, like some of those different games. Uh, last week they they got annihilated by Alabama, which you would expect. But um, it, it, this is one of those where it's hard for me, and I'm 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 going to be staying away from it because my system showing the value on on Louisiana. I don't trust Louisiana though, and and I think that the the you know the underdog here Monroe is a little bit better than people think. So it this one is going to be a purely informational game for me, but I'm going to get valuable information from it because if Louisiana plays down again, they just become the sell for the rest of the year. Monroe becomes a buy, um, and if if you know or if Louisiana covers this line, then I got to rethink both of them. The next game up here, Boise State and UTEP. UTEP get uh, UTEP is getting 15 points here in this spot on the uh, at home. Yeah, UTEP. Speaking of teams that that haven't looked good, uh, one one of my favorite bets of last week was getting three points with New Mexico at home against UTEP because this was another another one where you sniff out like a team that's sort of beneath the radar that has quantifiably gone down several levels from over the offseason UTEP lost by far their best player Jacob Cowling the receiver super explosive that kid's going to play in the NFL he had transferred to Arizona it just neutered their entire offense like before that they had the explosive passing game to go with at least trying to churn it out on the ground they didn't have anyone explosive there, but they could get defensive to cheat up, and then Cowing would steal their lunch money over the top. But now you don't have that anymore with him gone. Uh, you can see the way this is manifested. They have less room to run, so the running backs are playing down. And then the quarterback, Gavin Hardison, who looked decent statistically last year playing with Cowing, his numbers have gone way, way down. He's not accurate. He's not explosive on his own. He doesn't improve his teammates. So UTEP has sort of descended back to where they came from, essentially. And in this game, I, I think, like, 
this might be the last time that UTEP gets extra credit for having made a bowl game last year. Cause I, I, I happen to think that Boise state's going to come in there and clean their clocks after that, there will be no more value to be had. I'm betting against UTEP. I think this, this is the last week you can get it. My line in this game is Boise state minus 19.4 uh, live line being 15 uh, Boise state was another ticket that I purchased today. Now, how about this game? I know we're going to have plenty to talk about with it. Utah, the Utes are taking on Arizona State. And Arizona State, not in the best spot right now. They're getting 15 and a half points, but you fill us in on everything going on over there. Yeah, this was uh, – uh, <laughs> we had a wild day today. Uh, when when the lines open on at Circa, like, this line was, like, five and a half is what, like, when it – the very first when, when it opened, right? And so, I, you know, this was another one. I was waiting for it to drop on my book because I was going to hammer Utah. It was it was too low. Um, but, but it hadn't come out yet. Then the Herm Edwards news drops that Arizona State has fired Herm Edwards – they promoted a running back coach I've never heard of, even though they had, you would think, more deserving guys on the staff based on their resumes. But uh, I, t- I talked to someone earlier that told me that they think Arizona State did that so they could easily slough off the running back coach after the year without there being a lot of talk during the season of, you know, sort of like with Nebraska where people are like, well, at least before they played Oklahoma, but where people were like, oh, could Mickey Joseph get the job long-term, yada, yada, that Arizona State's just skirting that by by installing someone that, has no chance of getting the, the job long term. That's what, it, what what was going on there. When the line opened again, it was Utah minus 15 and a half. So between the early money that had gone in on Utah and then between that news and then they reopen it, they open 10 points higher. We, we, crazy, like a, a crazy, crazy jump. My line on this game was it's it's um, it's lower than that. Uh, uh, I, I had Utah minus 11.2 which is why anything in the single digit, even before the Herm, Herm news, like I, I was really excited to bet on Utah. But after the Herm news, with this coming out at 15 and a half, I can't bet on Utah uh, with, with, it, with the line where it is now. Can, so then the question becomes, can you consider a bet on Arizona State under that idea of the dead cap bounce that we were talking about last week, you know, with vis-a-vis Nebraska and, and Scott Fry's? I didn't end up betting uh, on Nebraska this past weekend, and thank God I didn't. I, I did bet on the under of that game and got exceedingly lucky to win it because uh, Oklahoma was up by so much in, you know after halftime that they were yanking all their starters, and then uh, Nebraska couldn't do anything anyway. So the, the under did end up getting there. But I had know. that same under. My friend told me yes. to play that under. and We looked in the third quarter. I'm like, what is going on here? Thank God they took the foot off the gas. It, it was absolutely fabulous. Yeah, Nebraska couldn't get out of its own way on offense. And then Oklahoma was just like, this is getting – we're actually embarrassed for you guys. So we're just <laughs> going to put in all of our backups. We're just going to run up the middle every single play. So I was loving it. Um, that, that was, uh, you know, stealing a, a victory from the jaws of defeat. Um, but, you know, what you didn't see vis-a-vis the side of that game was that dead cap bounce of Nebraska. They Their effort was even worse than it had been before. Like – like, like just sloughing off, like, you know, grabbing the, the Oklahoma guy, but not being able to wrap up. They had all kinds of tackling issues that the offense, both scheme and then also just, you know, uh, executing the plays. They couldn't, Nebraska couldn't do anything. Will you get a better effort this time from Arizona State after having moved, moved on from Herm? I'm not sure about that. Uh, you know, and again, I, I don't know anything about this head coach. I will be looking into this game a lot more this week, though 
for these reasons, because I now think because of the overreaction to that news with, with how high that line jumped up after it reopened, it's objectively too many points towards Utah, unless you get a no-show of a performance by Arizona State like Nebraska did last week. So so we we got to read into the psychology on the Arizona State side, see if this, you know, decide if we think this team is going to come out, put out a, uh, put up a spirited effort without Herm this coming week. Maybe you get value on them. I can't bet on the Utes, though, with how, how, how high this line has gotten. Two more games here for us, and again, big matchups here. Mississippi State. Is at home against Bowling Green. They are laying 29 points. Is this a good enough number? Yeah, I, I think this one's a bit short, too. Um, and, and I think the reason that it's short, well, I mean, you, you, you got it on both sides. Mississippi State, who had looked really good in the first couple games uh, on Saturday night, they go to Baton Rouge, and they had looked so good that they were actually favored in that spot. Um, LSU was one of my my top 10 bets of, of last week just because it – it, it, the, the talent, you know, it, it seemed like a perception against reality thing where LSU should have been the favorite team. And indeed, they they defended their home turf, ended up beating uh, Mississippi State by like 15 points or something like that. Meanwhile, on the other side, Bowling Green caught Marshall in the all-time uh, situational spot that you want to catch someone where Marshall had come in off of the, the upset at Notre Dame. And now they had to turn around and play this Bowling Green team. They clearly overlooked them. It clearly came out, you know, flat, basically. And then Bowling Green ends up pulling that one out. I, I think now, because of that, on both sides of this thing, it's pulling it away from reality. The perception is to, to create sort of a, a window of value. Uh, you mentioned that the line in this game is 29 live. My line on it is Mississippi State minus 30, 33.2. So until this thing gets to 31 or above, I, I think you can absolutely justify buying a ticket on Mississippi State. Um, if you know, once it gets over that, I, I think it's probably just a straight pass. Definitely do not bet on Bowling Green, though, coming off that upset win, uh, because they will assuredly not look as good heading into a pissed off Mississippi State team. Now, last one up here. How about Tulsa headed down to play Ole Miss? Ole Miss laying 19 and a half points in this one. And I I don't hate Tulsa. I actually debated taking their uh, taking their win total over, but what nineteen and a half points? That feels light. It is light. Yeah, uh, the, the markets is still bullish on Tulsa, and I, I don't really get why they lost to Wyoming in the opener. They barely beat Northern Illinois the game after that. Northern Illinois is not good this year, and then last week Tulsa blew out an FCS team. Ole Miss. I was I was waiting on Ole Miss to see. Which Ole Miss team are we getting, uh, you know, like, or, or what are they going to be, right? Like, they had lost so much in the offseason, but Lane Kiffin had signed what the metrics say was the second-best transfer portal class. The only one that was better was USC, which is kind of cheating because Lincoln Riley just took some of the players he wanted from Oklahoma with him. Um, but you didn't know what this Mississippi team was going to look like because of that. They had the new quarterback, they had new running back room, they had new receivers, they had, they had new tight end that they took from USC, uh, that, that, you know, a whole bunch, like all over the place. Last week was finally like, okay, th this is what this team uh, could be, um, it, it, you know, in, ter in, ter in terms of the performance. So I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit more bullish on them. They it, Granted, it's Georgia Tech, but they went to Atlanta and beat them 42 to nothing. Way more you know impressive looking, for instance, than the, the Clemson game, right? Like they they held uh, the Georgia Tech offense down way more than Clemson did, and they were doing, of course, a, a lot more on offense. I, I do think this game that that the line is a little bit light. My line on it is uh, Ole Miss minus twenty three point seven, so I'm showing about 
four, um, you know, a little over four points of line value on the Rebels. And I, I think now you can be a little bit more comfortable backing the Rebels after you saw them just absolutely slap around Georgia Tech, as opposed to they had sort of slept walk through the, the win over Troy, you know, for instance, earlier in the season. But now you got – they also have health in the quarterback room, you know, and, and also more clarity there um, with the direction that they want to go going forward. So I, I would back the Rebels in that one. Well, Thor, that is going to do it for us here. Actually, I'm going to open up the floor to you real quick. Is there any game that we've missed that you want to get a quick word in before we uh, bounce? Well, I'm 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 looking over my 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 bets really quick that I had made earlier that we didn't talk about. Uh, I took Coastal Carolina minus two and a half. Um, I took Boise State minus. Oh, we, we talked about the Boise State one. Oh, Oregon minus six. That that's an interesting game, mm. uh, you know, because it's a it's another one of those where it's a perception against reality. Washington State, you've seen them. They, they you know they upset Wisconsin last week. They blew out a really crappy Colorado State team. They're undefeated, right? Whereas Oregon, everybody watched Oregon just absolutely get slapped around by Georgia, and they got super duper downgraded by the market. Um, which is why I was really interested to watch Oregon's last game on on Saturday, but you know, again playing a, a, a legitimate opponent, and they looked absolutely awesome in annihilating BYU, beating them forty-one to twenty. Now BYU was out both their starting receivers in that game, uh, Gunner uh, Romney and then uh, Puka Nakua. So so you do have to add that context in. But Oregon looked tap, or I'm sorry, BYU looked hapless on offense going up against Oregon's defense. I think you got to put Oregon back where maybe you thought they were going to be sort of heading into this season and not downgrade them as much for getting slapped around by Georgia. Everyone's going to get slapped around by Georgia until Georgia plays in the SEC title game. It's just the way it's going. They're going to go undefeated in the regular season. So you can't, you know, all season, you can't just downgrade Oregon. And it seems like that's what the market is still kind of doing. They're not giving them the credit for what they saw on Saturday, blowing out what is a really solid BYU team. BYU the week before, uh, without both those receivers as well, beat Baylor. And Baylor has a, a, a okay shot to win the Big 12. They, they are one of the three major players for the Big 12 title. So so that one I like. I, I think that line is too low. Um, Oregon going to uh, 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 going go to the Palouse and, and play in Washington State. I got that line at six live. I, it, it, you know, I, if it's still around there or it's still under seven, I think you can absolutely uh, bet on on the Ducks with confidence in that one because that line's just too low. All right. Well, now that's going to do it for us here, Thor. If people want to catch you and all of the great work you're doing, of course, they're going to be able to check out the Wednesday show with you and Scott Bogman. And don't forget, Saturday morning before games kick off, bright and early, you and Mike Farrell are giving out your best bets and plays for the day of college football action. But right now uh, – and where else can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at ThorKU, and you can find my written work at Betting Pros. And, you know, we, we have the power rankings out tomorrow on, on Monday or maybe today if you're listening to this on a Monday. Have the power rankings out. Have uh, uh, what is going to be this week a packed column full of notes. Uh, usually it's mostly focusing on, on injuries that are tangibly affecting a line one way or the other. This week we are also going to have a series of coaching notes, you know, between Arizona State, between Nebraska Fire and their defensive coordinator. We'll, uh, Sunday's not done yet, so we'll see if there's any more coach firings but you know definitely check that out uh because you know this outside news it's very hard to keep track of the entire college football universe but it it all affects the spread in a way that that we could end up potentially profiting from and then of course my my thursday best bet column as well so check that out 
All right, guys, that's going to do it for us here for Thor Nystrom. I'm Tom Viola saying good luck this week. Get those bets in. And of course, let's cash some tickets. We'll see you next time, folks.